Good evening, friends, and welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Monday? Uh, wonderful, Dennis. We are uh, wonderful days here in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, at our Midwest branch. How is the <laughs> East Coast branch happening? I think you're out east, though, right? It's it's hard to tell sometimes. Yep, yep. I'm wandering around Pennsylvania still. I forget. Did I ask you if you're was it your initial plan to spend the summer out west, uh, out east? Um, I didn't have a spring summer plan when I set out yeah. on the road. I tried to, you know, kind of wing it. Like my immediate plan, um, because I first went into Tennessee and Alabama before the holidays and then to Texas after the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, my plan was to kind of chase decent weather. And so I went to Texas for Christmas. I'm sure yeah. Christmas is show will remember me talking about that. Yeah. Um, and then I came out east so that I would be close when we did Fox's 40th birthday. And then right. since I was already out here, I was like, well, maybe I'll go up into New England uh, uh, when it gets closer to summer and it'll maybe be a little bit cooler up there. Um, unfortunately, there are not a lot of parks that I can use in New England. There are one in Maine, or there is one in Maine, two in Massachusetts, and one in New York. And the Massachusetts, New York ones are all, well, even the Maine one is not very far into Maine. Like, they're all still kind of on that level with uh, Boston and New York. Yeah. Maybe it, a little further north. But not it, enough to to really make a difference. And then... Because it's summer, the parks are more crowded, and so it's harder for mm-hmm. me to get um, get reservations. I I, I, had, I remember. I think one of the reasons I, I mentioned this is because I remember in the first half of of this last year that you've been going through. It's the um, uh, it felt like you were. It's it was hard to keep track. Like you were in Texas, and then you were in Florida, and then you were up in Tennessee, then you were back down to Texas, and it was just like these thousands of miles of differences within a week or two. <laughs> right. And, and now it's all like this little bitty circle. Uh, but it does feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, like that there are pivot points that you kind of wait on. Like those, even that, that those locations that I just mentioned were because on a certain date, you wanted to go down to Florida for a reason on a certain date, you had to be back for, to, to your parents at a certain date. You had to be over at Fox's. So yeah, it kind of, yeah, I had, your... I had, I had certain plans and I will be, uh, by mid-August at the latest, headed back to uh, Michigan, Indiana. Um, my sister's getting married, and so I want to be around for that and bachelor party stuff. Um, I don't have exact dates yet, but uh, that's which, my... Which sister is this? Um, uh, Jessica, my oh, okay. third. Th- okay. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, okay. Yeah, you. I don't think you met that one. So I don't think that's one that I don't recognize. But congratulations to her. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. In in in, in around October, huh? Oh, wait. Around Labor Day, you're going to be up here for around uh, Labor Day thing too, right? August, I think the the wedding is in is and, in August. And oh, and and, are, and you're missing Gen Con this year, yes? Yeah, yeah. I think. And and are you too? I don't remember hearing whether you. It's hard telling, man. I mean, it yeah. it really is. I mean, yeah. I know all of our friends are trying to get things their decks in a row, and I'm typically somebody who has my decks in a row this way early, um, but because the house sell, the house selling stuff is just, yeah, you've got some 
some more urgent. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's difficult to tell. With yeah, I, I'm thinking what I might do, depending on how my schedule works out, is I might travel around that weekend, maybe the weekend before, and then, like, show up to the house for a day or two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like our buddy Aaron sometimes does. Yeah. Um, but as far as buying a badge and going in the crowds and all that, I don't have a real pressing desire for that this year sure um it's funny i, I you know I, i'm a variety of reasons i'm I, i've got a badge and tickets and and i event tickets and not a ton i was going to plan on buying more because this whole thing up in the year about going i haven't bought more um sure. so it's very loose and i could this would be the first year since it's came to indy that i would have missed gen con so i, I doubt that i'm not going to go um right. but I, I was coming to terms with the fact that you know there's other priorities that come first um, and I have to put them, you know, to trump everything else on there. Um, sure. if it do, if it does, so I'm bringing my, my mind into that. I, there's a potential that I, I won't go at all. Um, and then Sydney has messaged me, uh, that, reminding me that she wants to go and that she mm-hmm. has been, she got a job, her first job this summer and that okay, she's been sure. saving money so that she can spend it at Gen Con. Of course. So, of course. so, so that means like, well, I guess I really do need to make sure that I go at least one day. <laughs> and take take her up there. Um, she uh, um, she comes back and school starts that week. It starts on like Wednesday or something. So okay, it's just terrible that it starts right when Gen Con starts. And right. um, she, I, I, I'm not taking her out of the first day, two days of school. You know, she's going to yeah, have to go right, to school right. on Thursday and Friday. Uh, so the, I, I'm considering that that just t- taking you know either taking the days off and going up there if there's no, nothing happening and then kind of come back at night and being chill about it and maybe just going all day Saturday or Sunday. Um, but I don't, I have a feeling it's not going to be the full four, five days that I, you know, 24 seven that I usually will do. Um, so it, it'll be there, but just, just maybe not the full thing. Uh, anyway, so that, that's, that's coming up in two weeks though. Gen Con two weeks. It's something we haven't really talked about this year. And that's probably why is that, you know, you're, you're not going to be around the full time and I may not be there full time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, in addition to, you know, whatever about crowds and the expense and, and the travel, um, I just don't, like, I don't need to buy games. Like, I don't, you know, I'm out on the road by myself. I don't really need right. to have, I have board games with me. I have a collection of games that I enjoy. If a situation arises where I'm going to play games with, with strangers or whatever, but I don't need to buy new games or, or any of that. Um, so yeah, it's just yeah. Not, I think I might have mentioned it's not high on my before. priorities list. I might I might have mentioned the show before. Like you know, the the first many years of Gen Con was the intent was to to go and play those games that I think, and it kind of still is. You know, to to go there and play the games because I don't get to play a whole lot, or at least I used to not be able to play a lot during the the, the year. Right. Um, was like now's my chance to actually play board games for four days and. Or or D and D for four, which I don't get to do during the year. Now I'm right. obviously blessed with friends that I get to play it regularly. So yeah, that 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 drive to to do that is a lot lessened, and and yeah. and I don't need to buy anything else. Obviously, um, right. So that's di- it's different. But conversely, I will say that I think now that you mentioned it, I think getting my mind wrapped around the idea of going and playing games and not buying them. Because I think the last like five or six years has been like, I'm going to go and see games if I want to buy them, right? Play them before mm-hmm. I buy them. Sure. I think I just want to go and play the games and just have fun at playing games. And that's it. 
Yeah. You know, and not and not buy them, not have to buy them or or own them or do anything else. Just like, hey, I wonder Harry Potter games about and play that one. So mm-hmm. it all depends. We'll put flying by and see my pants on a lot of this stuff this year, but, <laughs> but we'll see. So anyway, um, uh, let's start this week early with our movie because last time we kind of put it off to the very end and then we okay gabbed for a while. What do you say? Yes, our movie. Sure. <laughs> All right, this week we watched a movie from 1998 called Soldier, starring mm-hmm. Kurt Russell, um, Jason Isaacs, Connie Nielsen, Sean Pertwee, Gary Busey. How could I forget Gary Busey? A um, handful of other people you've maybe seen, but those are the big, big players. Uh, you mean um, Rutger Hauer wasn't in it? Sorry, I was uh, I, I was alluding to the, the the clone soldiers going out to war. Um, right, yeah, the, <laughs> the the very so the actors. I had several of these actors. I had to look up because I'm like I recognize this person, but I don't know what they're in. It's also an old movie, mm-hmm. not not super old. It's actually not as old as I thought. Yeah, um, I, for some reason, in my mind it was I it was like in the 80s, or early 90s, like 80s. Like 80s. I, I I would have pegged it at like 92, 93, but no, yeah. 98. So it's 24 years old. Um, uh, Jason Isaacs very often plays a villain. I like to call him uh, uh, not Timothy Dalton. Yeah, sure. He he has a similar has a similar kind of look. Uh, Connie Nielsen probably best well known for playing. Um, Hippolyta, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, um, from the Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. Uh, and Sean Pertwee, probably best well known for playing Alfred in the TV series Gotham. Hmm. I'd never watched that one, so yeah. Unless you're older. I mean, but that was where I saw him and I looked at his credits and I'm like, what do I know this guy from? Oh, probably Gotham. Um, yeah. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. And, of course, Gary Busey, best well known for... His gigantic teeth. <laughs> yeah, I, I I had not you know before um, Wonder Woman, I had not seen Connie Nielsen in anything that I could that I think of uh, no. between those two things. She's she's in Gladiator, by the way. So that's something that right. I, she's, I should. She's but. is she she's somebody's well, obviously she's somebody's wife. Is I she think Russell Crowe's wife, or is yeah, she, she Walking Phoenix's? Joaquin oh no, Fe- she's the sister, right? Yeah, his she's sister. The sister. Yeah, yeah, and and she does. She's phenomenal in that. Uh, so I, the reason I, I mentioned those three things is because uh, the three that I remember seeing her in, like she was phenomenal in all of them. Like she was mm-hmm. great. Like in, even in this one, like she comes onto stage and she's like a main character, like just walking yeah. on the screen, right? Yeah, um, and yeah, she has a, a presence for sure. A presence, right? And and she is all the way throughout. Um, she, and even though she's just like a side character that's not necessarily that important really at all, and she could be not in the movie and it would be totally the same. Um, but like if she died earlier or something, um, Oh, I see. Sure. You know, and there was just like the little boy or things. Uh, but she is like always in your vision when she's, there's like, she's always like, Oh, there she is. What's she doing? Or, you know, she, is she safe or it's, it, what's her interaction with him or, Things like that, and it's just you said it's just her screen presence. I think so. I, you know, I really, I really liked her in this and in the other movies that she's done, which were clearly bigger acting challenges. Yeah, but. I, I expected 
and of course, I mean, based on your sort of, uh, uh, um, what do I want to say, like warnings or, or expectation setting for this movie, I did not expect a lot out of this movie. Yeah. And so when she shows up on screen, and this is a movie, I don't want to say that there's a lot of nonverbal acting, uh, except for Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah. Um, and to a certain extent, also from uh, uh, Sandra and Mace, Connie Nielsen and, and Sean Pertwee. Yes. Um, yeah. Especially between... Connie Nielsen and Kurt Russell, there's a lot of just looks. Long, yeah. slow looks, face acting, as we call it sometimes. Yeah. And I expected there to be some kind of romance between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And there's not. Like, you can, like, I feel like you get something from Kurt Russell where there's, <laughs> right. there's something there in Todd that's, that's very deep, but this, this soldier thing is just straight, you know, a romantic, a yeah. That's like, the thing. Like he doesn't know how to emotionless, deal with that, right? Like, yeah. That, that's yeah, something like, I liked about this was that, like, there there is a genuine man somewhere underneath, but right. it's so smothered by these, you know, a whole life, decades of, um, of of training and conditioning, um, right. that that it can't break through. Really, yeah. That that's something I actually liked about this movie and. I think you were texting it to me as you were watching it, the the connection to Blade Runner, because I believe it's the writer, right? That that was he was one of the writers on Blade Runner that did this. Yeah, I I, I sent you the list of other things this director has directed director. and other things this writer has written. Right, and and Blade and Runner. You can see the was you all can the way see through the, it. the patterns. Yeah, Blade yeah. Runner. Um, I don't know. A lot of stuff I didn't recognize, but I was like, oh yeah, this kind of movie, this kind of movie. Yes. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's they're very similar kind of movies, which, which was, you know, great. And because I kind of like they're they've been known as cult classics, I guess. And, and I've always, I remember as a young man or kid, uh, you know, liking these kind of sci-fi. I mean, now we call them corny sci-fi a little bit, but, um, sure. it was still, it, they were kind of cool back then. And another one that fits into this is, um, the, uh, pitch black series with um, hmm. uh, Vince Diesel and such that, that he's got. Um, those are all same kind of things. But anyway, back to this movie. Um, I, I liked I liked the the whole soldier being a soldier, like not knowing. You know, he's is he a man? He's got a he is a man, like you said underneath there. The nice way to describe it, just what you said. Like he's this man right there somewhere, but but we don't know. And I really enjoyed that. And I think that they they wrote that well and Kurt Russell played it really well. Like b- mm-hmm. with his looks, the dude has like stupid, sickeningly piercing blue eyes. So like every time he's <laughs> looking at the camera, it's like, you can't not look at the guy's eyes. Right. I, I stopped noticing this later in the movie, but early on, you know, they do this montage of him growing up and all the conditioning mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. They, they shoot and he's willing to shoot through the hostage to get the bad guy. Cause yeah. Mercy is weakness or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. And they do this contest, you know, that's the big, that's the big, like, um, uh, inciting incident. In oh, the, the beginning? Yeah. In the, um, in the Freitag's pyramid. And they show him running, right? And you see it a little bit when he first shows up on the trash planet and all that. And I'm like, is this dude, I know that this movie is not new enough that this is CG, 
right? Yeah. I mean, I guess it could have been, but it's yeah. not. Like, it's just him. And I'm like, why and how does does he look like a G.I. Joe? Like, he <laughs> yeah, looks... Sure. I mean, not just his face and the flat-top haircut, but, like, when he's running, you see the, like the lines from his neck to his shoulders i'm gesturing you can't see me like (laughs) his neck to his shoulders down his arms to like this perfectly straight torso legs with no variation and i'm like that doesn't look like a real person it looks like (laughs) a a ken doll or a gi joe except you know running around and, and and moving like a real person but it's like it's like somebody drew a picture of a soldier like a like a gi joe soldier and right. that's and that's how he looks in this movie and i'm like that's i mean it's very well cast but he, he, right uh, he, he uh it, it's it's great seeing how age works like he he's the old war veteran dog right like the right i think you said like an older guy ever saying he's my age when he filmed this like he's 46 and i'm like oh he's i always saw him as like the old grizzled guy and <laughs> he was only 46 at the time I mean, for a for a foot soldier, like you do, sure, that's, yeah, that's getting up there. Uh, oh, for, for certain, right? Yeah, uh, he just. I, I guess when I watched it, I, su- I assumed he was much older than what he is, and and he's he's just, you know, he was middle aged at, at that time. But you're right at, at, for a foot soldier. So anyway, the the, the movie itself. Uh, I watched it again, and I liked it still. Like I actually did expect it to be like, oh, this is just one of those popcorn summer you know, things and not, I'm not saying it's again, like I said before, it's not like an Oscar worthy type thing, but I, I enjoyed it. I still enjoyed the ending in the middle and the beginning was a little, uh, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, once he's on the trash planet, I liked all of it. He, it. It seemed like you and I have talked about pacing for a long time and it felt like very paced through the movie kind of felt like it went really quick and there was not a whole lot of dialogue at all. He barely says anything, you know? Um, and I still was rooting for him at the end. The the, sure, the, sure. the face off at the end that happens that I was waiting for was just long enough, but not too long. Um, yeah, I mean, like most movies like this, um, I had a hard time uh, giving it my full attention. And and you're right; it's there's not a lot of dialogue. Like there's yeah. a lot of stuff that's happening that you can't hear. It's stuff you have to just see. And it felt like, I don't know. I mean, a big bulk of the runtime is him in this village, like, coping with not really PTSD, but sort of PTSD. And then, you know, they vote that he has to leave because he's too dangerous, which are like, of course, like, if he's going to wake up and maybe choke somebody out, like, you can't have <laughs> kids and stuff. He's going to maybe choke somebody out. I love that. <laughs> and... I mean, I think he does that at some point. Um, And, like, he doesn't talk. He can't relate to people. And then a lot of it was just really, like, here's a thing, and then we're going to show the thing. Like, I predicted at some point that he was going to be confronted with that shoot the hostage to get the bad guy thing. No, of course. And then then he wasn't. Like, they did it twice at the beginning, and I'm like, this is rule of threes. Like, you do a thing. (laughs) They're going to show, yeah. Rule of threes is usually comedy, so you know it doesn't directly apply. But I'm like, oh, they're going to do that, and then they didn't. They didn't do the thing, and then like he 
does the thing with to show the kid about the snake, and then yeah. I like that the, scene. He's just beating it with the boot. <laughs> the kid beats it, and I'm like, okay, that that makes sense. And then like uh, Mace goes out to save him, and like minutes after he finds him and saves him, then the you know the quote unquote bad guys are there, and right. like they're there to do a training exercise and they're gonna shoot and and you know like is often the case jason isaacs is just a cartoonishly bad uh uh evil villain not all three of those are just cartoonishly those bad guys are just cartoons right 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 the (laughs) the the 607 um is is that way and and even and even gary Busey, who you're like oh he's the like he's the good bad guy, yeah. Uh, uh, captain or whatever is still not great. Like he's still running these like engineered uh, super soldiers oh, yeah, program, totally. and totally. like like they're just a training exercise. But if there are people here, they're hostiles. Like none of that is ever explained or anything. Which is not you know like we watched Escape from L.A. Like. You don't have to explain. You don't have to understand this. It's just they're here and they're going to treat them as hostiles. So you know that they're bad because these people are just a bunch of dirt farmers. Like they're not. Yeah, and, and he knows it like right away, right? Like yeah. As soon as he and sees like, him, he's like, oh, we're all screwed. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a good thing that that Mace went out into the desert to find Kurt Russell uh, right now and not like ten minutes later when they would have just all been slaughtered. Right. Um, and a lot of that was just really convenient to me. Sure. But it's, it's again, one of those things where you, if you're in a movie like this, you need to not pull on any of those threads. Oh, absolutely. Like, 100%. You're along right. for the ride. This is, this is what it is. Like, it's, it's weird that Kurt Russell almost never talks. Like, I get it for the character, but it's a weird sort of choice. Um, yeah. I enjoyed and, I enjoyed that that yeah. part because he was like just a cool warrior and didn't need to talk. Like there's so many times when he could just talk and it wasn't frustratingly so. Like it very sure. well could have been, right? When he comes up and they're they're um um I don't know, uh they're wondering who he is and, and what he's mm-hmm. all about or something like you know, they're, they're kind of get passing judgment. He could always like, I kind of wanted to jump in for him and say like, Hey guys, they, they're just being, you know, he's just trying to survive. And he, he can't say a lot of dialogue, but he doesn't, he, the guy, the character just sta- stands and, and watches in sternness, not in like, he still has the same look on his face. Right. Which is part of that character is that like, no matter how, if you're punched or you're stabbed or you're hit, you still have the same, you know, orders or orders. And I just do whatever type stuff. Um, so, so when he, I, I really did like that he didn't talk because of that and the way, you know, you kind of wanted him to, but you, when he didn't, you knew he shouldn't have. Cause if he would have talked, it would have been like, ah, this character wouldn't have done that or right. Right. Um, right. And, and all he was, all he was, was just an action hero. It's just, that's what he was. And yeah. well, and, I liked that. Right. And a soldier, right? Like that. And a soldier. To labor yeah. that point. That's the name of the movie. Like, you know, a soldier doesn't talk back like a soldier takes orders and right. completes objectives and you know yeah and all those things like doesn't 
doesn't think for themselves outside of the scope of their task, right? Like here's and and he even to the end he does that like his task is to protect this village and so he does a bunch of crazy shit to do that but beyond that like he doesn't you know he doesn't talk he doesn't uh um you know like make decisions for himself really yeah. um and that's just the character and i liked how there like he wasn't the only one like the other soldiers were that way too Right. Even the main villain bad guy was like that. The, um, I, I, the ending I liked, I don't know if we're talking about spoilers here, but I just liked how when the, the, the vets kind of like change sides and they're with him, they, they also don't say any words at all. They just look at each other and then look at another guy and then they just, they just do the thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's like they have, they're talking each other's minds. Telepathic. Right. Without saying stuff. And then they're, they're, they're doing their, their business and they're going about their mission. It kind of feels like everything's a mission. Even when the, the movie's over, like they're doing their mission. Right. Right. And then it gets interrupted by him grabbing that little boy. And they all look like I am not <laughs> understanding what this part of the mission is. Right. Yeah. It's, it's for like five seconds. And then they all turn back and go to their stations. I was like, that's great. This is wonderful. I, I love that part of that. Yeah. Uh, it was good. Anyway, uh, I liked, I, I still liked it myself. I thought it was pretty good. I'm, um, I will still come back to it occasionally. You know, some movies you can go back and say, uh, you know, it was just r- rose colored glasses. Um, but I think this was, was fun still. Um, and I liked it and I would recommend it to people who like, um, actiony sci-fi things, right? I yes. Guess. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of a early '90s, late '80s sci-fi. Like Blade Runner is a good example, but with none of the like Heavy, weird heaviness. sci-fi metaphor allegory stuff of Blade Runner. Just this kind of straightforward, predictable action adventure story. Yeah, you know, um, Schwarzenegger did a lot of these uh, in his mid-career. Sure, um, it is kind of in in the in the vein of a Conan, even. Right. Yeah. Where where there's just a guy that does a thing and he has I don't want to say an adventure, but has a thing that happens and it's just watching him and his uh, this point in his life that this thing happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I dig it. Thumb, thumbs up still. All right, we got next week is you man. What what do we got for us? All right. I think I want to. I think I want to pull the trigger on this one. Okay. Let's watch Romeo and Juliet. Mm. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Now, is this the now, one? this which is which one of ro- this is? There's seven thousand of them. Which one? This is Romeo plus Juliet. Oh man, is this the one with guns? I think I've seen yes. pictures of the poster with guns. <laughs> that's that's why I said we're going to pull the trigger on it. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there, Dennis. <laughs> it's a little wordplay uh, from 1996, starring um, Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, and um, Claire Danes. I think as the titular characters, and I don't know. There we'll probably see other familiar faces in this one, but uh, oh my god, man! Okay, okay, so this is on, how much of a good on friend HBO Max. <laughs> this is how a good friend that you've become, Dennis. I gotta say, this is one of one of those movies that I looked at when it came out and said, "I that movie revolts me." Just the trailer, and I never one gonna watch that movie. And here I we are, s- and it's happening. I saw it in the theater. <laughs> I saw it in the theater when I was in high school, 
and have not seen it since. Um, I remember it being one of those, like, modern aesthetic, but still using original language kind of thing, a little bit like... um, The Joss Whedon, much about, yeah, much ado about nothing that we saw. Right. And Uh, yeah, I I didn't mean to be too harsh on that. I just, that's how I felt about it. And then, um, but like many things, I will go back and want, give them another chance as I'm older with a little bit different perspective and appreciate them for other things. So this could definitely be one of those. So the ratings on it are kind of middling. So I don't know. And I don't, like I said, 25 years ago, I don't remember uh, really anything except that they used guns um, and to to to, yeah. to fight the Montagues to to duel the the Montagues and the Capulets. Yeah, right. Okay, Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> the, the the little the little plus is is key there on that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I I get uh, looking back in my foggy memory of old man memory. I get uh, young Leo and uh, Justin Bieber mixed up often. <laughs> I could see that. I could see yeah. that. Obviously, I know Leo that, is is an amazing actor as times went on, but yeah, yeah. My, I don't know if I've told this story before, and this might be an interesting segue into a movie that I watched this weekend, um, because I, <laughs> well, I camped. I camped at a winery, uh, which was nice, but um, Harvest Hosts have no hookups, right? So I just parked my camper in a vineyard and slept there. Uh, The downside to that is that it's about 95% humidity in Pennsylvania right now. (laughs) Um, And so during the day after I checked out of the RV park that I was at before and before I went to the winery, I was like, I need to go do something somewhere with air conditioning. And so I went to the movies and saw that Elvis movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Elvis with uh, Tom Hanks. And uh, I can't think of anybody else in it that I recognize. Um, I mean, I barely recognize Tom Hanks because he's yeah, right, yeah. This is Colonel Tom Parker. Um, but before I get into that, you, you said Justin Bieber. <laughs> and um, my grandpa uh, served in World War II, uh, mm-hmm. passed away in 2009, I think. Um, it was nine or ten. It was somewhere right around the turn of the year, so I don't remember mm-hmm. precisely. Um, and one of the last times we went on like a family trip, um, we coincidentally were in Williamsburg, because my parents have timeshares there. Um, I, I asked him a little bit, you know, I tried to ask him questions because I was old enough to think like, he's got stories about this time that, that I don't know about, that he wouldn't have told me about when I spent a lot of time with my grandparents as a kid. Mm -hmm. And now as a, as a adult, youngish adult, um, I want to like get some of that, get some of that information. Um, and so he told me about, you know, the stuff that he did. He he mostly was just a little bit too young. He was in the Air Force. And so right. he spent most of his time in training, like 
they would train them to do a thing to fly a certain kind of plane and then the the theater of war changed and so they would move them to another another base and train them on a different plane um kind of stuff but he would talk about hitchhiking you know they'd be in at the base in in biloxi mississippi and they'd go down to new orleans like they could just walk out and anybody would pick them up because it was world war ii right Right. like anybody with a car would pick up a serviceman or a couple of servicemen and they would like families would post up on bulletin boards like sunday afternoon supper you know two to three servicemen welcome to like just come join our family and have dinner with us and i'm like that was a that was a different time. It's a different time, but right? but to get back to uh, your your Justin Bieber anecdote, he he told me, and it's you know the the sort of way if you talk to somebody from Greatest Generation, like they wink in a way that we don't really anymore. Uh-huh. He he tells me this story like they're at the base and somewhere nearby Sinatra is playing. <laughs> and nice. and and to me i'm like oh sinatra what wow you know right like sinatra that's you know the beatles that's elvis that's yeah that's freaking sinatra right. and but but the way he tells it is like there are these guys at the base and they're like oh you see this that uh that sinatra kid is playing down at the whatever <laughs> and they're like oh that skinny little punk he's probably (laughs) right yeah muttering about it and they're like they're like hey do you think that's true where they have to like carry girls out on stretchers because they're fainting in his show they're like nah can't (laughs) like maybe what we should go down there just for a laugh and see if that's really true (laughs) and of course my grandpa is telling me this story and he's and he's you know sort of winking to the side it's like basically a lot of them wanted to go see Sinatra. Oh, I see. But didn't want to admit it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, to these World War II soldiers, was Sinatra like Justin Bieber? <laughs> he probably was. <laughs> and like, that was revelatory for me. I don't know how true that is in, in the broader scope, but I was like, that's incredible to think that like somebody who became Frank Sinatra started out, you know, derided by youth of the time. Oh, like I'm that. It, it, right. It's the perspective of, of stuff that you see, right? That yeah. You're like, oh, it's, it, it's all a big circle with that kind of stuff. But. Right, right. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, I, I went and saw this movie and I didn't know really what to expect from it. I've been sure. to a lot of movies since I've been on the road. So I've seen the same trailer like five yeah. or six times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. It's, um, it's, they're pushing it hard. It's. It's really the story of his whole career, but it's it's focused a lot on Colonel Tom Parker, who was his manager agent. Like mm-hmm. I knew, yeah, I I knew very little about Elvis before this. Um, one of my sisters went through an Elvis phase, and so we watched a lot of those crappy movies when you know Nickelodeon or whoever would do a marathon. Right, they're like they're going to show clam bake and whatever all the other. I can't think of any other titles right now, but right, um, all those movies because he made all those movies, um, and I knew, you know, bits and pieces about how like he's doing a sort of um, African American style 
music mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. time and sort of claiming it as his own. Right. And this shows, I don't know how accurate any of it is, but it shows how he grew up in, you know, the, like, as a, as a white kid in a, in a black neighborhood, like a bunch of, um, you know, little basically shacks that they lived in and, and hearing that music and also like big tent gospel revival music. Um, and so he sang with that style that was popular, but because Mm -hmm. he was white, they could put him on stage in the South, right? This pre, um, um, pre civil rights, pre integration, uh, desegregation. Yeah. the, The word, um, and Tom Parker was this sort of carnival promoter. They called him the snowman because he could, you know, snow job uh, mm-hmm. uh, people with stuff. And it and it runs through like from that point, from him being discovered all the way into the '90s when he was just playing show after show in Las Vegas um, until he until his death, overdose, or I think it's generally accepted the overdose now right um and it's all sort of told in flashbacks by um by colonel parker as he's near his own death oh it's like narrated of his life story okay yeah yeah because he died in the 90s and it's funny they do this sort of series of flashbacks because of the hotel the international um where elvis played all the time for years toward the end, which was sort of this contract that Tom Parker roped him into, um, was the place where later they had the Star Trek experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And so you see mm-hmm. the, the Enterprise, but that's in the 90s when that was still happening. Um, <laughs> right. And then it, you know, swirled back through the years. Um, and it was good. Like, it was better at the beginning, which was probably sort of true of Elvis's life and career um you know the longer it went the more kind of sad and a little bit depressing it got yeah um and I don't know you know somebody who knows a lot more about Elvis's life and career than I do probably have a different take on it whether any of that is is accurate or true to the character but it was all interesting to me like that that comparison to him and and African American music, which they didn't call that at the time, right. um, was much more blatant than I realized. Assuming that it's that it's accurate, there was a whole phase where um, uh, he was doing these sort of concert tours, and different you know governors or or city councils or whatever didn't want him to go on stage if he was gonna you know, dance around or wiggle or do any of the stuff that he did because that's stuff that black people did and it's mm-hmm. not it's not appropriate and it and it's all of that stuff is played up in a way that almost seems implausible. Like the very first time you see him go on stage, they allude to this a little bit in the trailer, but it's not shown as as much. Like he does the sort of wiggling while he's while he's singing. And yeah. and almost immediately Wiggling. All the young girls are like up on their feet, like screaming and mm-hmm. the kind of stuff. And I'm like, I know the culture was repressed at that time, post-World War II in the 50s there. 
But I'm like, this seems exaggerated. I don't, I don't know, yeah. but I don't know, you know. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know either. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, the Beatles, same way, like how they used to, you know, I, I don't know, I guess I've never known those concerts where they just like, or not those concerts, just like, I don't know anyone who's like that. <laughs> I guess, you know, like, I mean, I get flips I get, out over someone like I get I the I mania know. when you're talking, although, you know, there, there are stories of, um, if you've ever heard the term listomania, I have not. Uh, there's a there's a newer song by the same name, but there was a like a musician and composer. Uh, I want to say Franz uh, Liszt. Liszt um, was probably Austrian or something. I'm going to get all of this wrong. They did an episode of the Omnibus on it. Um, who had that exact kind of thing? Like he would perform these concerts, and it's like classical music right like he's playing classical music in the 1600s or something and there would be women fainting and stuff at his shows i'm like what in in the 1600s i mean they're wearing corsets and stuff so they're probably short of breath anyway and i can get like like the beatles as they started to pick up right it's it's the whole thing right like it's the beatles you're seeing the beatles in, in person but yeah. this movie played it up that, like, this crowd who didn't know him, who, who he was just a stranger, he was just this kid with long hair and a, and a pink suit, gets on stage, and as soon as he starts moving, there's this reaction. And, like, there's, right. no, there's no fame component. Like, the fame, you know, idol kind of uh, element of it isn't even there yet. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I mean, maybe, but... Who knows, right? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, as much as a music person has been music, it's part of my life with, um, all the way since fifth grade, um, being involved in, you know, uh, as a musician with, you know, band and orchestra and things like that, and then all the way through college and was a major, and it's such a major part of my life. I still have never been like committed to a, any band or person. Like I, I've never mm-hmm. had. I, and, and I know it's just, it's gotta be a weird thing with me. Cause I think I look around me and everyone says, Oh, this, I'm going to go to third eye blind concert or a, to a Justin Bieber concert or whatever they might, right. you know, cause they really love a thing. And, and I've gone to plenty of concerts, but I don't have anything that like, Oh man, to see that and to be in that and experience that with them. I, it's just not ever been my thing. Um, and I appreciate all kinds of music for those reasons, I don't have one that I always have to have. Mm. Um, and, and be, as an effect of that, and this is probably blasphemy. Like people, Elvis has never been that big a deal for me. And same thing with the Beatles. I like them. I love their music. Right. But mm-hmm. I feel them as any other great piece of music that I've heard individually since then. And, sure. and I know that's not fair. And that's, there's all sorts of reasons and there's literally historical books written on the Beatle, the Beatles. But, yeah, we we talked about the Beatles when we watched the movie yesterday, right? Um, uh, the the Beatles made that in for me the the kind of like here's a place where this genre of music really and and of course Elvis predates the Beatles, right? So it's like these yeah. two things were were happening not simultaneously, right? There's almost a decade uh, between between the two. I feel like. Um, you know, and so it's all part of that same chronology. Um, and 
you know, my my interest and and interest is probably the strongest word I I should use because I don't think it ever went too deep. Um, my interest in the Beatles is sort of concurrent with my phase of being very um, enamored with the original of a thing, right? Original yeah. Star Trek, oh, yeah. original, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, Lord of the Rings books versus movies, although the, some of this was before. Uh, original Sean Connery, James Bond versus the Pierce Brosnan stuff that was still coming out. Um, and so to me, that was like, oh, it's the Beatles. They're the original the good and 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 Elvis didn't slip into that. I think it's it's a kind of thing where, I mean, for all for a lot of the reasons that I just described that I I saw in the, in the movie, he was doing a certain thing that nobody else would or could do, right? Playing black music to a white audience, basically, mm-hmm. um, and just hit this. Perf- I mean, by the time. By the time the movie is is wrapping up, when he's he died in, I want to say seventy seven, which, I mean, you're talking about twenty twenty five years, something of his career, which is a long time. Yeah. Um, the voiceover is talking about this hotel in Las Vegas, the International. Um, you know, Elvis is on stage for the older crowd, right? Like he's <laughs> right, already, yeah. he's already this kind of, you know, has been. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's the 70s. Like that had been true, that had been kind of true for a decade, right? right. Like from whatever, by the, probably by the time he started playing shows in Vegas, like he stopped being relevant to the music world. Yeah. Um, and maybe even before that with the movies and um you know when the beatles happened and all that stuff yeah the the that that's something i i can i can get on board with with things like that to go see them or to appreciate for that them is that originalist or that or they're like i can really get into the technical reasons why i sure i should see or like a thing or whatever and i don't mean like oh the, the there's a major fifth after this i don't mean like that but like <laughs> why this is good and why this is interesting to listen to like sure. y- you know that that's something that would get me to go to a concert more than almost anything right like i want to go there this performance by this artist is unique if you go see them in person sure. right like the whole experience um uh friend of the show bill likes to go to every uh, jimmy buffett concert and the reason not only does he like just like his songs, but those concerts are an experience to go to, like being completely wasted beforehand with a thousand people. And then <laughs> I going, believe like, that. Yeah. Right. It's just it's just uh, it's the experience that you go for, which is not just necessarily singing the same songs that you hear all the time. Yeah. Um, but so I, I can get that. Right. Like I can be like, oh, that's that's a reason to go. But like to sit and just sit in a theater and listen to Creed play the same songs, no different than them. I'm not saying Creed doesn't have a fantastic show. I have no idea. I just picked them out of the hat, sure. but it, it just doesn't interest me, you know, or going to go listen, you know, so maybe like the Beatles and Elvis just had amazing shows that were, you know, you freak out about and it's a uh, life changing experiences that I don't quite understand, but, um, sure. Well, yeah, and I mean, I mean, you're talking about a different era. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's, th- those, those are, are things that uh, occasionally I'll see when I sit down and actually pay attention, 
like something like yesterday or maybe even this movie, um, that, uh, um, I don't have, I don't have a proper appreciation for probably. Um, but when I watch them for good, well done documentaries or, or movies like this that I, I, I earn some of those. Sure. Yeah. So that, that was a good thumbs up though. You, you give it a good up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think you need to see it in a theater. Um, somewhat unexpectedly the theater was packed where huh. when when i saw thor love and thunder there were like four other people there you weren't uh, you weren't you weren't in tennessee were you because that that would make sense with those two no things. i was <laughs> i was nowhere near memphis um okay. although i think next time i'm in the area i might try and go see Grayson. Um, <laughs> right now, now that you've seen the show right yeah that big gaudy house um <laughs> graceland is so funny i, I think the, the graceland I, I, every time i think of graceland i think of that show uh was it the zombie land where they they want to go to graceland a whole lot oh i forgot about that <laughs> um so anyway i i don't want to leave any false impressions my assumption is that the difference in theater attendance is because the theater where i saw elvis was a, a more upgraded uh regal or something no it was an imax but they had an imax next to a normal theater they were like separate buildings or something and it was one of those with the electric crank seats that are that are really wide with cup holders and stuff where mm-hmm. the theater where i saw thor was in an old decrepit mall about half an hour away uh and still had the old normal seats or <laughs> what i say old i remember when the seats with with cup holders in the arms and the arms that fold up those were <laughs> yeah. those were the new seats like I those were the new that was like oh look at these right yeah they've got the makeout seats with the, right <laughs> that's great. um and so i i, I assume <laughs> that's the case um, you know you know i when when i was in my 20s i remember i can't remember what movie it was but that was the only one in the theater and i totally laid down across like four of those seats and nice. i watched the show it was, it was pretty good. i i with my friends saw scorpion king the movie <laughs> speaking of terrible movies the first right. <laughs> the first rock movie or something uh dwayne johnson and yep, we yep. were the only ones there so there was a point where somebody had to go to the bathroom and they were like hey we should see if they'll pause it there's nobody else here and obviously there's <laughs> nobody in the booth it's not you know, it. the old I gotta go to the bathroom but that's great yeah that's i mean awesome. you, you want to talk about uh special effects that don't uh don't hold up those Holy special cow. effects were bad then. They we were saw bad it in, then, right? We saw it in the theater and we're like, oh my gosh, what is this? This is awful, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and someone should go online right now and just watch. If, if you're wondering, what what was that? Go and look up the Scorpion King with the just rock and they will show. You'll see like clips and oh my Dwayne God. Johnson's head on a CGI scorpion or whatever. It, no, it was CGI, CGI rock. Like That's terrible right. CGI rock, yeah. right? Uh, head so yeah I, I don't know was, you know what he had to break into to acting somehow right? somewhere so, somehow yeah that we talk about a a letdown of of a thing is that uh like that series was so good with ep- the first episode like, i'm surprised it's not on any of our lists to at least watch the mummy the first time the first one mm. and then and then they just like tanked everyone you, you know you, you think oh how can you be 100 percent worse than what you were the first time and then you do a third one and it's 200 percent worse than the second one and the third one is 400 percent worse than the yeah. other one yeah yeah like, it's that it's that same old thing where like there's one good movie you had one story you told one great amazing story and it 
was successful. So somebody somewhere or, or several somebodies was like, we should try to do this again. But you don't have <laughs> another good idea. You have Ghostbusters 2. You have, yeah, right, right. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes the second one is better or more successful. You know, Aliens, Sometimes. It's, Terminator. It's rarer, though, right? For sure. Evil Dead, although Evil Dead was the same story. Um, right. And, yeah, and then and then every time it's not, like, it might be better than some other one, but it's never better than the first one. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Or, it's, it's or even like, as it's, good. It's, when you don't have any ideas, right, of course. Right. You know, you know, I will say, there's been, to point out a movie that, has been equally as good. Here's a weird one. We, we always say oh, movies are sometimes you'll get the gem that the second one's better, but most of the time you get they're always way worse. There's one that's been about the same, and it's if if you've watched any of the John Wick series, is I think mm. every one of those John Wick movies have been equally as good as the first. Not you know however you feel about that, right? It's probably the same all the way through. Right. They're the same. If you like or you don't like, or you know if you if you go on that site. Does the dog die? Um, yeah. Spoilers in John Wick, the dog dies. Um, <laughs> Very beginning. That's, that's kind of the whole movie. Uh, I have only seen the first one of those. I started what I thought was the second one when uh, it was actually after Gen Con last year when I was mm -hmm. at your house and you weren't oh, back yeah. yet. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll watch, uh, I'll watch John Wick 2. And I got like 20 minutes into it and was like, boy, this seems really similar to the it's first very movie similar, because right, it yeah. was the first movie. Uh, oh, I see. And <laughs> yeah. um yeah, I I like all of, I genuinely like all every single one of those movies, but I, I none, none that, better than another. Like yeah, they're all I assume the that same. they're a little bit um James Bondy. There's a um oh, there's a term for this. It's the like it's the it's the the arcless protagonist or something like that. Um, that makes sense, yeah. James Bond is a good example. Uh, Sherlock Holmes is another good example. Like, most stories are about a protagonist growing and changing in some way, right. even if it's, like, just a realization or something subtle. Yeah. But there are some, franchis fran some franchises, some stories that are built on this is the character and they're who they are. All of their... Strengths and flaws, they're either, well, they're usually some balance. Like, right. they're rarely Superman. But they're, right. you know, Sherlock is, has this brilliant mind, but he's terrible with so, people and has yeah. no friends or relationships of any kind. Um, right. James Bond is similar. Like, very competent spy, uh, you know, can, can seduce women at will. Yeah. The, but, the, the point of those, but the point of those shows is always put that person in this situation. How does right. it play out? That, right. That's that's what that that's the, that's the, the story, right? The, you, the rest yeah. of the story happens around them, and it's that's it's often true in the detective genre. Like I said, Sherlock Holmes, um, and I, I mean it's 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 one of those. How would James Kirk handle this situation? Right. What would Jesus do? Like it's it's yeah. a, right. It's always it's that kind of. Uh, mentality of like, what would John Wick or what would James Bond do if he was put in this situation? You know, right? How would it play out differently? So, right. yeah, you're right. Those don't have have a lot of arcs, but you appreciate them for kind of how they are and what they are, and yeah, um, and, and and you see it, right? That's that's what you're looking for. How does this play out with this character put into here? And John Wick's character is the um, what is it? He, the 
he doesn't want to be the character in the, in the movie. Reluctant. That's it. The yeah. reluctant hero where he just doesn't want to be in this whole movie. Um, right. And then, and then at one point in every John Wick movie, something continues to push him where he's like, okay, now he's in it. And then you're like, Oh, the show's starting now, you know, which mm. is, I don't know how they've gotten it through three movies and still continue to push that, but they, they have. So anyway, like a little tangent off the side thing. Let's, uh, Move forward with what we got tonight. Um, hey, let's talk about. Did we talk about? Wait, I'm, I'm already. My memory's already gone. Have we talked about Marvel stuff yet? How about Miss Marvel? Sure. What'd you think of that? I know this is weird because I got a real strong feeling you were pretty skeptical of this show at the beginning. You, you still, yeah. How did that I, play out in your mind? Throughout I don't remember. I don't remember who. I think. I think our buddy Justin was kind of lukewarm on the on the first few episodes. And I don't remember what your take was, but nothing you said made it sound like something that was for me. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Which is nothing against you. I, like I would. St- I would still tend to believe that. Yeah. Like if you look at it on paper, like there's this this girl, and and we we have talked about this show, but like halfway through the yeah. season. Um, right. Now I remember, it's over. Now the season's. Done. I remember talking about Pakistan and uh, uh, yes. partition. I think we watched the we watched the first couple episodes and we were like, yeah oh, before there there is uh, spoilers. There's a flashback episode that di- addresses the partition uh, more directly, although still just in the yeah. context of the show, it's not a you know documentary essay or anything like that. Sure, yeah. Um, and our buddy Fox messaged me and was like, "Let me give you a pitch for this show. Why you think you should watch it?" And I. I still, it still took me a while to actually try it because I had other stuff that I was watching. And yeah, of course, of course. Right. Um, and it was not as, uh, it was not as childish as I expected. Childish is a strong derogatory word, and I don't mean that. I just expected it to be a more, not kid, but like, high schooler young adult high school young adult kind of story and it is but not not as much as i expected um right and you know a lot of people love this character um uh she her her acting in it is great uh Mm -hmm. i love um her family her parents and her brother and all of that like i think i said this last time we talked about it the pilot the first episode made me think that it was going to be a lot of uh, teenage rebellion angst between her and her parents, and it's, it's really, really not. Um, not it actually turns out on its head a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, I can't really speak to the the representative nature of that culture and that and that community. It all seemed, you know, it, it rang true for me, not mm-hmm. knowing anything about any of any of that Pakistani culture yeah Pakistani culture or um you know being Muslim or Mm -hmm. being in those communities or being an immigrant or um second generation immigrant or maybe it's first I don't know see I don't I don't know any of that and (laughs) and like we talked about last time I knew little to nothing about uh India and partition um and I I've still, learned I've learned about it since that. Like yeah. I, this show made me go read about it. Yeah. Um I haven't done any extra homework on it, but I have a 
slightly better understanding now as they sort of, you know, yeah. got free of of Britain and then sort of had this had this contention just like happens in a lot of places, just like mm-hmm. Ireland had with, with England and their and their well, we yeah. watched it in uh uh Belfast, the Kenneth Branagh movie. And they and they and they partition out religion. Like here's your country part of the country, you go yeah, over there. Here's here's your place. You go over there and, and you know split Which up. Feels pretty terrible and, in general, but yeah. Yeah. In retrospect you're like, yeah, that's awful and right. Know, I don't know what you know, sometimes it's you do something bad to prevent something worse, but it's still kind of you know, and it's hard to you know, look at that stuff from from today and as, from as today as and, and, right. and judge it based on but th- but this had this had a a nice way to show us a little peek into the world of what like a past Pakistani American two generations or like was it two or three generations passed from it yeah and how it how that has shaped who they are as not just Pakistani but as Americans too right that's right. it, it, I don't know that that part of it when we talked about it before. We liked, and I just still like it. Like, I really, really enjoyed that. And I thought all of it was done from a, how do I say this without people hating me? A Disney wholesomeness. Sure. I know that, that, that term, people hate that term and they want to just <laughs> attack it. But, but, you know, it's, I've always said Disney, whether it's people will say, oh, they're just trying to teach you their version or whatever. And like, it's still, I felt like. I was being told something or kind of taught or given shed light on a topic without a being preached to two being told how I should feel, you right. know, and then, and then three still being happy. Um, and, and I say that because there are some, they don't shy away in this series from people being bad to Muslims or right. being bad to Pakistani. They they don't, there's definitely, there's the bad guys that treat them that way for this reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but they, they always kind of spin it a little bit in the fact that I, I always like when they go to the mosques, right? In in this mm-hmm. one, and they're they're doing all the, the stuff that we know happens in the world in, in America with mosques now, and the FBI always watching them and and coming in unannounced and stuff like that. Sure. And I like how this show just has the the um, congregation of it. You know, are the I don't say good guys, but they're just the they're better, like. They're they're being better than their tormentors. Sure, right. Um, and I like that's that just made me feel like they weren't attacking, they weren't angry, they weren't going hate stuff, they weren't doing protests. Mm-hmm. Nope. They were just like better than their attackers. And like yeah. I like I like that. I like that's how you make people or you show that people are good without preaching to me that you know why I should think away or right. not do that way. And this move this this whole show just treaded that little fine line really nicely. I felt yeah. and. You know, and spearheaded by a great um, little actress with um, who played Kamala Khan, and I can't think of her name. Um, but she, I, I've seen some of the the her, her name's like Iman Valani, I think is what it says here. She, um, all the behind the scenes you can watch on Disney Plus shows her mm-hmm. like she has always been a Kamala Khan fan for the reasons you want to be a Kamala Khan fan. Like you know, sure. she's a brown girl from Jersey type person who you know, never saw superheroes like her, then saw the comic book and read her and loved her and loved the thing and has always been a big, huge fan person since that just outside of this. And that that's who she is. And like in real life. And then, mm-hmm. so she gets cast as this 
kind of really comes out in the performance, right? Sure. Um, she's she's just doing that stuff. So the the story was was cool. It was very contained. There were six episodes, which is all it needed to have, mm-hmm. right? Um, I didn't feel like it was too long or too short. I think that uh, some of the stuff when they went over to Pakistan was eh, it was okay. Sure. Um, I liked the history parts of it. Right. But like the whole red dagger thing, I felt like that was an, an unnecessary thing that should sure. happen. But, mm-hmm. and I did like how they, uh, they made her costume kind of just throughout the entire show. Right. Yeah. Piece, the, almost piece by piece. Yeah. There's a, I don't know. We've talked about this enough that we're sort of spoiling it, but when she gets her, <laughs> sure. her final costume talking about her relationship with her parents, uh, yes, yeah. very sweet. I, I, what, what, what a great thing. I don't, have you, can you say any other thing where you have a kid be a hero and the parents are like fully supportive? Like that's, that was great. I mean, (laughs) I mean, maybe like the Kents, right? Like Martha and. Oh, sure. Cause he's invulnerable. It's yeah. (laughs) He's invulnerable. Like it doesn't really count. And it's still the like, keep the secret, uh, you know, kind of trope that. Yeah, we always have, but right, and, and and this this was like once they find out the mom, it didn't like cause a rift, which you expect to happen with her mom's relationship. It mm-hmm. even brings them together, and it brings the rest of the family together, and then right. they even joke about it a little bit. And then the parents are there, and when she goes full on superhero at the end, and her parents are there, and she's worried, about, they're worried about her getting hurt and stuff. It doesn't turn into what you expect. Oh, I can't have you do this. I'm terrified for your safety, and don't right. do it anymore. Right. It was like, we're so proud of you, and you're a superhero, and that was awesome, right? It almost had Captain America feelings to it, right? Like, mm. the, the perfect world, what you would want to have of was a perfect world with a, that kind of a family, so. Right. Yeah. I, I, I was pleasantly surprised with it, and it's, as I said before, it's not like the Kamala Khan in the comic books. They're not the same character. They have, their soul is the same. Okay. Um, but nothing else is the same. And that's totally fine. Like, I like this Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. This is cool. She's, like I said, she's got that person, that person of who she is, is very much like the comic book person. And they then they just put her in this new situation, a new story, new thing. And like, that's cool. You know? Uh, I'll see how she goes. I don't know about the tags. I don't know even know what they're doing there. Like, obviously, she's going to be in the the Marvels with right. Brie Larson and them. Yeah. Um. And they didn't really even, they just added that tag there at the end for no reason. I don't know what that was about. Um, and yeah, thumbs up, I guess, overall. Uh, one of the best Disney plus Marvel movies or shows, I think. Um, and it didn't uh, have a lick, it didn't have a lick to do about anything with the wider Marvel universe. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know if. I don't know what I what I attribute that to because it's not well. I was going to say it's not that different from Hawkeye, but of course Hawkeye has Clint, uh, Clint, right? Yeah, yeah all the way sure. through. Which sort of yeah, maybe if Clint wasn't in it, it would be more interesting. <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah. I don't. Th- yeah. That show didn't resonate with me, and I think because I couldn't figure out who I was supposed to be identifying with or interested in, I, yeah, I was not sure. super interested in either. Clint or Kate Bishop. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and everything else around that was. And uh, yeah. And of course we've talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier. We talked about Loki. We talked about WandaVision. Um, am I forgetting one in there? 
There's so many of these that they're, they're right. Well, I guess She Hulk isn't out yet. It's not right. Yeah. Um, I I think this is one that I would recommend to people. I think yeah. like, hey, do you want to watch a Marvel? Mo- what what Marvel TV show should I watch? I'm like, I think it's Marvel. You can hop on it without knowing almost anything, right? And enjoy it for what it is, and not have to have any kind of baggage or anything, right? Right. I, and generally, for most audiences, I still think it gears more towards sixteen year olds. Um, of course, but but it, but it's it's you know pretty good. It fits, it fits that really well. Yeah. Next come up is She Hulk. I've I've always been, I've been vocal about not thinking this is going to be that great. Um, I'm not terribly excited about it. Yeah, same, I see. I really like this actress, uh, Tatiana Maslany. She was yeah. um, the lead in Orphan Black. Uh, see, I don't. That's one that I dropped off of because it got kind of wild toward one of the yeah. seasons. But for the first couple seasons, I really liked it. Um, she is playing uh, a clones. So, like, identical appearing oh, yes, right. yes. Yeah. characters with different, raised by different parents. So, they have different personalities and upbringings and accents and haircuts and fashion styles and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, she has a lot of range as an actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, everything I've seen about this She-Hulk series looks pretty bad. So, yeah. Uh, oh, one you missed and that I actually do kind of like. Uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Yeah, that, that was one of those that's completely separated too. Didn't have yeah. any Marvel ties to it, and I thought it was pretty well done. And and unlike Ms. Marvel, that one's a one shot that's one and done. Uh, but Ms. Marvel, I, and I'm glad for that. I think Moon Knight was yeah. was good for its thing. Uh, don't get me wrong; I wouldn't mind Moon Knight showing up in whatever it might be, especially like a Daredevil or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm not opposed to that. But Ms. Marvel. Does feel very it would be a very normal thing for her to have more seasons and sure. her career continue on. So yeah, yeah. All right, next one. Uh, let's see how much time we got left. We got a little bit of time left. I'm gonna since I'm gonna I'm gonna shoehorn this one in there so to force us to talk shortly. Uh, let's talk about a full season wrap on Strange New Worlds, okay. Star Trek guys. Uh, so you and I both love this one, right? We loved all of the whole season. Yes, yeah, all the way through ten. Yeah. Um, I mean, even uh, 10 was the highest rated. Yeah. Um, and yeah, people went berserk over 10. I, I obviously we know why, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I talk a lot about the original series, but for all of that, right. there's a lot of the original series that I've only seen once or mm-hmm. I don't think there's any of it that I've never seen. But I, of course, remember uh the episode uh, balance not balance of terror what's it called maybe it is balance of terror the romulan episode of course yeah that they use in this one you mean yeah and so i had i had big hype for that and then i don't know the rest of it seemed fine like i didn't i didn't love it any more than um any other episodes and then the one with the weakest rating uh was the storybook episode with dr mbenga um mm-hmm. and I mean by weakest I mean I think it had like six point five or something. Yeah, sure. Uh where the rests are all sevens and eights. Um Blasphemy too low. <laughs> right, too low. I'm like that I don't think that was any worse than or less good than than any of the others. And sure, yeah. um yeah, there's just so much of love about this show. Like 
we, we we say this every every time we talk about it, but um, Anson Mount is just perfect in this role. Yeah. Every time he's like, I mean, his quarters are and and same for Spock. Like their quarters are ridiculous compared to every other Starship Enterprise <laughs> we've seen. Right. These huge opulent. I'm things. like, yeah, right. I get this is the captain's quarters, but like, I guess Cap- I never realized that until just now. You said that captain's yes. quarters on Kirk's Enterprise was like a bed a desk and like a partition and pike has got a full-on kitchen with like a fireplace and you know just this really nice really really, but like he's in there and he's cooking bacon and eggs for somebody (laughs) and like he's doing the dishes when they're, you know, while they're talking. And I'm like, people can do more than one thing at once, Spock. <laughs> and then and then they even do the, like, what does he say? Station wagon. And I'm like, station wagon? That is a joke. That's a joke for original series fans. Like, that's a joke right. I'm almost not old enough for. Although we had a station <laughs> wagon when I was a kid. But I'm like, yeah, that's archaic. That's, you know, nobody... Uh, Nobody in Star Trek era knows what a station wagon is. Um, and he, I mean, I think he literally says, like, I'll turn the ship around. or I'll, I'll turn the ship around. Don't make pull, me pull the ship pull over the and ship turn over, the ship around. Turn around or right. something. And I was like, come yeah. on. That is too, right. that, that's too great. Like, it's, and yeah. I mean, we've talked about all the, all the actors, like, um, all of the, the, the recurring, like, main cast are all so good. Um, right. Even the, you know, some of the the weaker ones, like, um, I know some people don't really care for the portrayal of Uhura. Um, sure, sure. Uh, but she's still, she's still really good. Um, right. You know, of course, uh, um, Rebecca Romain, number one, Spock, uh, the actress playing to bring... Spock's fiance, um, mm-hmm. Nurse Chapel, of course, uh, Laon, um, Doctor Umbenga, the engineer guy whose name I'm spacing on. Um, R.I.P. Um, they're all they're all just so good. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I I I will say this: the, the last episode was great just the way you said it same thing loved it and uh i just the same way you did like it's the highest rated one and i wouldn't rank it the highest and the reason i wouldn't rank it the highest is not because it's not good because i'm a huge pike fan and while it had all that great pike stuff in it also like confirmed that he's gonna die or Mm. be disfigured and i really don't want that to happen right but this was this was 100% a love letter to the original series fans. Like it, it was nostalgia on acid and it was, um, playing to, it had Kirk in it. Right. It had, there was Scotty saying things. Right. Um, off, it, off it, screen Scotty. So the, still to be cast probably or still something. To be cast, right. And I, it took some effort on my part to accept this, uh, this guy playing playing Kirk he's not Kirk. as he's not as good of a fit as um as Ethan, Ethan Peck is for Spock um I, I think I think Chris Pine was a good cast for for Kirk yeah right. Chris Chris Pine had had the swagger right right um 
And obviously, I don't want... This guy feels like a career uh, military guy, (laughs) almost. Or, or... Or something, yeah. And so I was yeah. looking for like the spirit of Kirk because he's not—he's not doing a Shatner impression, and obviously nobody wants that, right? You don't yeah, want, right. yeah, exactly. You don't you want a, want that. you don't want a Shatner impersonator, um, right. in this role. But I don't know, and the, you know, it's it's some years before, although not that many years, based on where all the time jumps are, it should only be like three to five years, I think, before he takes over the Enterprise. But um, right. it was fine. Like, I, I tried to not be too too harsh on that one. Yeah, I, that, that didn't, it didn't bother me too much either. I, and it, it really didn't. I was like, I, I, like you said, I don't want another that. I'm, I want to, if we're going to do this, if we're going to make Trek shows based in this era, let's just address it and move on, right? And, right. and be fine with that. <clears throat> so that, that was all good. It, it, was, it was just this... Like, because, because I do love Strange New World so much, you know, I, I, I liked, I didn't mind the, when they put out the original Trek, which I know this is blasphemy for a lot of people that are original series people, when they put out new Trek with Abrams, like, I didn't mind the redefining of, you know, Kirk and Spock and their history, simply because I wasn't a big fan of the old stuff. Like, I, mm. I liked it, but it was just way too corny for me. We've talked about this at sure, before. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so being having a new updated, fresh look with this spirit and the soul of these characters was really interesting to me. And I really, really enjoyed that. And I liked that, that uh, the way they relaunched that one. So that made me happy. Um, and then this one comes back and they're like, well, we're going to stick with, you know, the, they could have gone strange in new worlds and said, this is a, an else world or a different timeline thing or whatever it might be that, you know, that they're going to go down with with Pike and the strange world things, but they didn't, they, this is the episode that like yanks them back and firmly puts them in the, we are in the, um, the original series stuff. And we are going to make this series be 100% legit to the, uh, the original series, which is not bad. That's, I don't mean that right. as a knock. That's why I still rank this really high. Of course. I, I um, liked, but, I liked Abrams Trek a lot in 2009 with the first movie. Um, yeah. cause it was the first, you know, it was the first Star Trek we had in since Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, hit or miss with every subsequent movie, I liked it less. Right? It got oh, more yeah, sure. goofy. It got you know did more. The last one's hard to watch. The Beyond one, weird, dumb, Abrams style. I don't know if I should blame it all on Abrams, but um, yeah, you know, magic plot fixes and, and and stuff like that it just it just went downhill and so when i first saw it i was like i was like okay you're doing you're jumping from the timeline and now you can do what you want like that's you know i don't know if i would at the time i probably called it smart like yeah you can free yeah. yourself up so you can make star trek but it can stuff can look different and it it won't have the problems that enterprise had yeah and now, after seeing Discovery and Picard and some of these things, Kurtzman at the helm, Alex Kurtzman, I'm like, mm. ah, I think this works better when you, there are some reins, when there are some some fences around stuff to say, you can do what you want in this space, but don't, here's, here's the limit. You can't go past this. Um, yeah. And, and I don't, I don't, I'm happy with Uhura and Spock and just the Enterprise, but I don't need to have Kirk and Spock in every track. I just, 
we I mean, no, we know no, so, right. They're, you know, I, they're I'm kind of like totally not even that's what I wish they did a Voyager thing almost like that's what they did with Discovery, obviously, is they right. spin them off away from can't do any damage here, um, which is probably a smart thing for Discovery, that that whole storyline, like spinning them off on their own thing, and let them go away. They were going way too far on the on the reins with that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but th- this one uh, I, I'm fine with right now because. Clearly, the, every single writer in that writer's room and every director or everything that has been involved with this are rabid fans of the original series. So <laughs> I don't think that there there's going to be an issue of, of threading the needle of, you know, how do we make this new but faithful? I don't think there's going to be any problem with that. Right. This season shows us that there's they are not going to have a problem with that. And episode 10 was an affirmation that uh, not only are we going to do this well. Um, it's natural. It felt natural to this. Like they filmed all the shots side by side. If you look at them from the original series episode to this one. Um, and you know, the camera oh, movements yeah. stayed I, the same. I heard about that, but I haven't watched. Yeah. It's, it, it was just, they, they just, they just, it, like it was this second nature for them to, how to do this kind of type stuff. And like, okay, th- this, this series will be fine. And I know it will be fine with, with how they do it. And whatever, however this series ends with, with Pike, it'll be fine. It's just, I, I just like all of the characters so much. And, you know, some shows you'll watch and you know that characters can't die because they're prequels. And then other shows you watch and you know characters are, like this one, they are going to die because they're dead in the in the other ones. And mm-hmm. and you don't know how to do it. The new Andor movies coming out for Star Wars or series, limited series. And that's the same thing. You know, he's gonna he, he can't die. Or Obi-Wan Kenobi, they can't die. Right. Yeah, so, that was a big, I don't think we talked about that. Maybe we did. I think yeah. we did. Yeah. So so it's 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 the same thing here. You know, I've always had hope that Pike wouldn't be discon- disfigured and mangled mm-hmm. and in a in a um, Professor X chair um, and then die. But I think they'll be fine. I think I'll enjoy the ride uh, along the way. And who knows what they'll do at the end? Sure, so, sure. Yeah, they're a creative enough team. So yeah, Strange New Worlds loved it all the way. Season glad every minute that they had. Um, just give them the time to do what they that they need to do and. If it's like any of the other Star Trek stuff, we'll see them again in two years because they take forever <laughs> on CBS to do stuff or Paramount or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, you know, we talked about this off the air and that would make me sad. But if season two is as good as season one, I can wait. I, sure. I can watch other stuff. Well, we have, we have uh, I think coming out later this month or real soon, um, new Lower Decks. So... Hmm. That's a, that's our next. I, I I'm pretty sure it was stated somewhere by somebody involved at Paramount that the goal is to have them staggered sure. with you know having Trek all year round, um, but with staggered stuff. It's the real hard part of that is that they they don't seem to want to put um like limitations on some of their franchises like um Discovery being key among them like it's ready when it's ready mm-hmm. right but unfortunately even when it's ready it's not good so. Yeah. Sometimes not ha- having a long time doesn't make a thing better, right? <laughs> oh yeah, of course, of course. All right, and Discovery's one of those examples. So cool. Well, no, I can't say we can talk about that next week because because we don't have anything else. <laughs> um, last one today. Um, I think we're both caught up on the Orville. How's this season going for you? Um, it's hit or miss. Um, let's see. The last episode I saw, yeah, we saw the same episode, is with the Kalon who has emotion. 
Yes. Uh, data, right, with his emotion chip. <laughs> right, data with his emotion chip. Um, a couple of the episodes have been good. Um, I like Charlie. Uh, mm-hmm. The actress is very attractive, which helps. It's, yeah, it's, I like her better after this last episode. Yeah, she sometimes her acting is a little rough. I don't know if that's her yeah. or the writing. Um, yeah. She's a relatively new actor, right? Of course. Right. Yeah. Um, this is not. Uh, it's not like the Orville, or it's not like it is. <laughs> it's, not like it's not like Strange New Worlds, where uh, almost the entire cast are gorgeous. Um, yeah. For whatever style of of person you're into, <laughs> you're right. Um, uh, and you know, we talked about the first couple of episodes being uh, uh, preachy in a heavy-handed way, sort of the opposite of what we were talking about with Miss Marvel. Um, there were some, like the episode about Topa, that felt like moralizing very much in the 90s Star Trek kind of way where like we're saying a thing but nothing in the episode is going to say that thing like everything that's going on like I always use the example of Dax and her former spouse right with the symbiote thing in Deep Space Nine like in that Deep Space Nine episode she is romantically attracted to another woman but it's not a lesbian relationship like she i don't remember who was who but in their past lives they were a hetero married couple yeah and their relationship is not forbidden because it's same sex it's forbidden because they are not supposed to have contact with private like once they take once the symbiote moves to a new host they're supposed to sever all ties right like right. the 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 um the taboo or the the cultural issue that they're addressing in the show is 100% fixed in the fictional universe of Star Trek. Right. Right. It's this fictional culture with this fictional symbiote sort of pseudo immortality, um, um, life and culture. But then what they're showing us is a taboo relationship between two women, right? Without ever acknowledging that. And that's kind of what they do in this in this Topa episode where they're dealing with um, trans identity uh, yeah, in, in right. the case of this all-male culture and this um, young girl who was, you know, uh, as an infant and with a trial and stuff that I forgot about from season two um, uh, uh, had her gender reassigned to male surgery mm-hmm, right um i don't know if i'm using the right that, that was that was a pretty strong episode i thought yeah yeah and so you know they're dealing with this and the and the sort of larger almost a geopolitics like astropolitics whatever the word for that is uh you know between the union and mockless and with the cable yeah. thread and, and and all of that stuff um and I thought that one was strong. Um, in general, uh, it's really unfortunate, and I've probably said this already, it's really unfortunate that this was airing, and I don't think it's done yet, so it has a little bit of not overlap, 
but it's unfortunate that it's airing at the same time as Strange New Worlds because yeah, I agree. When when there was no good Star Trek, when all the Star Trek we had was Discovery, yeah, or I don't remember exactly when these things came out. I think Orville actually started before Discovery. So when there was no when there was no new Star Trek at all except a you know, Calvinverse movie that got increasingly increasingly worse each each new installment. Uh you're like, "Oh, this is a weird sort of Star Trek, a lot like the 90s except the people still act like people now." Like a lot right. of the a lot of the same utopia is still there. But the people are not as idealized as Roddenberry's next generation characters, cast of characters. Right. right. And so to now see Seth MacFarlane, who is pretty close to the same age as Ansem Mount, like yeah. to see Seth MacFarlane playing his captain like the same night, or I don't know when actually, because it's streaming everything, but to watch an episode of Strange New Worlds and see Anson Mount be reasonable space dad and then <laughs> and then switch over to the Orville and see uh Seth MacFarlane with his improbably black hair um <laughs> right and his like weird and then you know there's Yafit still there so you've got Norm Macdonald uh, uh reminders once in a while right. and all of the like what do you what do you say like the cracks the warts like all the flaws in the show are emphasized because now we have good star trek because we have good star trek uh, when there was no good star trek you're like oh this is a weird kind of it's sort of like really high budget off-brand star trek fan fan fiction fan fan right. film uh and yeah, yeah, and so it's rough. So it has, but but all that to say, it it's had some of its moments so far this season. Um, it's generally, I think, been more miss than hit, as we say, mm-hmm. hit or miss. Um, sure. With a few okay moments, and in general, I think if if it had come out a year ago or six months ago, probably yeah. could have given it higher marks. There, there's yeah. still some things wouldn't have worked. Like the the season opener suicide episode was just rough. I mean, I don't know if that was a rough one to start with. Terry. I mean, just, maybe if if Norm hadn't happened, like maybe that. Yeah, uh, just 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 in general, don't his, start your series season off with suicide with a suicide story. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Let's, let's just not do that. One. Um, I I uh, I I'm kind of I came to a middle ground on this one because I, I remember. This whole season, I've talked about how you know they're they're losing what they are about Orville, and now they're becoming serious Trek, and um, and then it, they, like you said, all the flaws and all the reasons you said were you know like I, I was not really a fan of all that. Like it just felt like they were changing a whole lot after they went on onto Hulu. Um, but the, I think the last two or three episodes have really kind of brought me around. Um, I really enjoyed them. I've been surprised a bit that I enjoyed them so much. Um, and this. They don't hit every story right mm-hmm. that they've got going on in the show, but some of them they hit really well. Um, Latopa one was an example. Sure. Also, this last one I didn't like almost anything about it, and then they hit the um, 
the Gordo, the Gordon scenes, it's the stuff with him in the past. And it was excellent, right? Like, oh, they're, they're or the, the one more round or something like that, that, you know, I'm talking about with him and his wife, um, Gordon. That wasn't this last episode. That was a couple oh, episodes it was, ago. When, yeah, that, that one there is an that, example. Like, yeah, that's a callback to that singer that's, um, that's from the first, it, the last right, season. Leighton Meester. She was in Gossip Girl. Um, yeah, and, and she was, that was a great episode back yeah, last that season. Was, that was also some great 90s era track. I read an article, and I don't know how much I buy this, that says that with season three, they are trying to, or they seem to be trying to be their own thing and not, yeah, that's right, not trying too. to yeah. be cool, good, whatever, new, new Star Trek, but trying to be their yeah. own uh, thing, yeah. which is, which is McFarlane good. said that. Yeah. Um, I think getting out of, especially if we're going to have strange new worlds, if we're going to have good Star Trek, like, uh, be, be your own thing. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think, and, and I'm, and I'm okay with that. I think, uh, because I do have strange new worlds and these are Trek things are very Trekky and, 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 uh, who knows, we may not get another episode of the Orville. It's, it's always every one of these has been up, up in the air for it. Right. Um, um, I, I think, uh, it's what three seasons they've got now. Um, yeah. if they, if they end at three, that's a little unfortunate, but it's okay. I think that it, I could always tell people, Hey, if you're, you're low on some sci-fi stuff and want to watch a kind of Trekkie show, I would recommend this series for sure. hundred percent. And, and even this last season, the way it goes, I'd be like, Oh yeah, this, it, it gets much more. Those episodes you see in the earlier seasons, like that last season is all of those, you know, that's all it is. Yeah. Um, and and that's good. That's uh, that's good. So um, I keep going back to that Gordon episode because the the actor seems so goofy and like right. He feels like he's Seth MacFarlane's buddy that he hired for the show. <laughs> Sometimes, right? Instead, yeah, yeah, right. Um, but then you have these episodes like this, and he's so good. Like he in, in his li- and I just noticed the lines that he delivered. It sounds silly, but you know when he. He, uh, Charlie picks up the, the cell phone that he has like a model of in his apartment and he just talks about it. Right. And it's just kind of open about the things mm-hmm. and, and, and straightforward and doesn't try to hide or be embarrassed to do some of the tropes that he does. It just, it's just like a very natural, normal person. He's, right. t- he talks about it and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's really, I'm really like how the actor handled that and how he performed that and how it was written and they did it good. And then it goes even further how he goes back and he meets her. And then, and then when they make the decision, like when they show up with uh, the security officer girl, that was a pretty cool moment. Like Mm -hmm. you knew when they bring her that they're going to do a thing. Right. right? And, and everyone on, on the set there knew that's what was happening and they acted it out that way. Right. You could see the terror kind of in his, his face. And then, and then when they, Ed and them decide to just leave and redo things like his reaction was just, so excellent. So they, they had this season had a lot of those, which really surprised me when they would put alongside uh, another goofy storyline that I absolutely did not like. Yeah, I, like <laughs> yeah. I really didn't like the most of the doctor stuff. I really don't like, and I really don't like the doctor and um, Isaac, the robot guy and data. Um, they're, they're fine. I just don't think they're like, you know, every once, once a season you'd get a Beverly Crusher episode and that's fine. <laughs> but I, this right. seemed, this season seemed so much with those guys and, it, and they put so much on them and it just, ugh, whatever uh, data was better. Um, sure. so yeah, I, I, I like it. 
you know, I, I will, I will probably watch them again. Um, but I'll watch strange new worlds again before this. Right. right. Which maybe that's what we can do this. We just start strange new worlds all over again and watch it every week so, <laughs> to, to keep it in our minds. Cool. So lower decks coming up next for, for star Trek stuff. And um, yeah. I yeah. And in the meantime, I'm going back and watching the expanse. Um, we've got, yeah, that's right. For all mankind still coming out. Um, I'm, I'm watching, uh, I started watching an episode of that today. So I'm, I'm episode four in on that one. I'm, I'm excited. It's always good to watch that show. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm not liking Margot every time it goes further on. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Margot. The, the toughest thing it's for Margo. me with those characters said is, that's the best way. is, uh, so much time has passed and none of the actors look old enough. Um, <laughs> so, so I like how it's it's very obvious how they're trying to make them look older. Like, uh, um, what's what's the president? Uh, her husband, Ellen. Yeah, Ellen's husband. Like, they give him a fake balding thing. Right. And it looks right. so looks so bad. <laughs> <laughs> he he's not that old, guys. You know. Right. right. Uh, I mean, they're they're gonna have to kill him off at some point, right? You know. Right. Right. I I should do the I should do the math because I think. I mean, I don't know. They're in the early 90s now, but then they jumped two, three, four years for the Mars mission, and so now they're even they're even further. So I should look at how old the characters could be. Oh, I have to. Because I'm like... Like, like Ed has got to be sold. He was, he was, what, like 28, 29, maybe supposed to be in at 69? Yeah. That, that's the youngest, I would say? At least, yeah. I mean, and he, he still already... He and Karen both look like they're in their 30s. They they look like they're in their because like they're in their like forties I think in real life. Yeah, and so, so I'm like, okay, now they're supposed to be in their sixties, and they don't look like they're in their sixties. They don't look like they're and and they shouldn't be. You know, you, you don't want Buzz Aldrin right now going and and manning the first mission to Mars. <laughs> right, right, and like the most probably the most realistic stuff was what they did with Gordo in season two. Uh, you know, I'm like anybody right. who's not. I mean, maybe not anybody, but at least a couple of those characters over time should be like gaining weight and stuff like <laughs> right. that. And, you know, it's whatever. Not still it, going up into the moon missions. Not right. still go- when when he's walking with a limp and stuff. <laughs> right. Anyway, it's it's, it, it, it's fine because we like them all so much. But exactly. Although, although some of the new characters I'm not a fan of. On the, on the fence. I, I should say the new actors. I'm not right. I'm not really feeling they're not giving as good performances as the the pros that are around them so <laughs> they got to replace them sometime <laughs> it's what's gonna happen if they're gonna keep you know? time jumping otherwise like we said that the aging technology is gonna yeah. be ridiculous it's gonna be it's gonna be kelly and whatever the stevens kid is yeah it'll be their show billy or tommy or <laughs> i don't even know that that's that's a wandavision man you're, you're in yeah show. yeah yeah <laughs> All right. Well, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 255. Thanks as always to our friends at LRM Online. Check them out. If you want to reach out to us with all of your hot takes on For All Mankind or any of the other sci-fi series that we've talked about today, uh, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms there to reach out to us that way. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. While you're there, if you leave us a review, we always appreciate that. It helps out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.